Hello, and welcome to another episode of Bare Minimum Babe. So today's episode was inspired by last week's episode, Bipolar 2 Life and Embodying Bare Minimum Babe, episode 11, where I discussed how I've been in a depressive cycle the past few weeks and how leaning into the roles that I value in my life as a mother and wife have helped me pivot that energy from trying to boost myself up to have energy to complete just general things or even bigger goals when I can't really seem to gather that energy or feeling, just general feeling to do it for myself. I can, I 9% of the time find it to help my daughter or my husband or whatever they need to do because I value their love and I want them to feel valued by me. Even if I don't know how to have myself feel valued by with myself, if that makes sense. So in writing that episode and the show notes for that, I kind of just word vomited everything out onto my computer. And I realized, like I said, last episode where it kind of gave into those two themes. And I talked about one theme last episode. So if you want to go back and listen to that, cool. I would love that. But um, this episode I is the second kind of part of that. And they're not like sequential. So you don't have to listen to one to listen to the other and understand. Um, but I realized that me leaning into those roles was essentially leaning into and talking about the concept that I learned recently, um, which I didn't click and click those into place until I started researching more about it, but it's essentially called Ikigai. It's the Japanese art of finding joy and purpose in literally everything that you do from, I don't know, making speeches in front of thousands of people, which is like really important work to folding your socks and putting them away. Um, and I'm hopefully pronouncing that right. I watched a YouTube video on how to pronounce it. Ikigai. And I did like the little spell out. This episode is for you. If you were like me, where you're constantly like, what's my purpose in life? Am I doing my purpose? What's the point to any of this? If I get 30 Grammys, it doesn't matter because I'm going to die anyways. And it probably won't remember it in like a hundred years, let alone a thousand. Cause that, that's what happens to 99.99% of people. Unless you're like, I don't know, Julius Caesar and big people who like take over worlds. Um, hopefully you don't think I'm being morbid. You're not like, wow, Amanda, that's really crazy and morbid. This is just the stuff I kind of think about. Cause if you're just like the regular person, like the thousands and millions of people that have like, you know, you don't remember like the random peasant farmers in medieval France. Right. Um, unless they're like, I don't know, Joan of Arc. Right. <laughs> like anyways, so I'm going to shut up with that nonsense and let's just get into the episode. <laughs> Okay, so I've done some research on Ikigai, and I'm going to link the articles and all the information that I use to kind of put this episode together. And that information is going to be on the podcast notes, like my show notes, and that's going to be on bareminimumbabe.com. And that stuff, like that will be linked in the show notes. If you click into the show notes, you'll see it there. And then you can click it and you can see all the links I'm talking about, and you can get more information about this. But to get us started, what is Ikigai? Ikigai originated on an Okinawa island in southern Japan. It is home to the largest number of, I have to say this slowly or else I'm going to rush through the word, centenarians in the world, aka they live to at least 100 years old, aka century. That's the root of the word. Anyways, researchers believe that the secrets to their longevity is linked to Ikigai. Ikigai is a Japanese term, which means that your inner motivation or your reason for living the word comes from iki, meaning life, and gai, meaning value or worth. So in I'm going to link all this stuff, like I said, in the show notes. So if you want to see any more information, that's where you'll go. But um, you can also, I guess, look it up on Amazon or wherever as I'm talking. But in the 2016 bestseller, Iki Gai, The Japanese Secret to Long and Happy Life, um, it was. I'm going to try to pronounce their names in Spanish because I have no like, basic intermediate Spanish. So let's go with 
Hector Garcia and Francesc Morales, or if we want to be English about it, Hector Garcia and Francesc Morales. So they interviewed more than 100 Okinawans about their philosophy for a well-lived life. And that book is kind of talking about it and kind of breaking down and finding connections and all those good things as well. It was obviously more than just their outlook on life. It obviously took into account like their more balanced diet. When I say born balanced, I'm coming from America. So we tend to like a lot of McDonald's and things like that versus like the Okinawans. They eat a lot of like green stuff and fish. Um, So some of the stuff makes sense, obviously. But this book essentially is about their outlook on life and how they think that's the secret, obviously, is in the title to a long and happy life. So if you're interested in reading the book, I added it to my to read cart on Amazon. So I'm not going to lie to you and say I read it already. I didn't. All the information I found was from other articles and just kind of summarizing this stuff up like a good historian, I suppose. And then I'm going to refer on the footnotes, as I am doing now, to refer you to the original source, which is that book. So I'm just going to pause really quick here. I have recorded five minutes of this podcast and it is legit taking me like half an hour. I don't know what it is today, but I am struggling. So I just wanted to share with you. I just had to step away for five minutes because I was like, okay, Amanda, this is enough. You're just getting sassy with yourself. I've tried to record this so many times and I'm just like, okay, pause. So I'm taking, I just wanted to share that with you, the journey of creating the podcast. And anyways, back to the actual program, which has barely started. So Ikigai is an intersection of four circles. It is, I'm going to describe a diagram really quickly. And if you have trouble visualizing, like I personally, personally do, like right now I'm holding my hands up, like creating circles because I can't like see something. I have to like kind of try to feel it and like, or look at it. So anyways, this is a diagram of four overlapping circles. If you've ever seen a Venn diagram before, which I'm sure you have, they did lots of them in elementary school, but essentially in these four circles, It lists what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs more of, and what you can get paid for. And then in the center of that is supposed to be your ikigai or your purpose. And of course, these circles overlap in like different ways, obviously, too. So like what you love and what the world needs more of is like a mission, like they put this as your mission and what you're good at and what you love is your passion. Like they kind of did different overlapping, like there's other circles as well. But in between all of those, all the overlap is the ikigai. So that's the magical center. And I've seen that kind of circle before in like self-help articles of like, sit down and do this. And then you can figure out your purpose and you won't feel wanderless. You know, I'm not going to sit down. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've done it. I haven't (laughs) because this type of stuff is really hard to do because I don't think it's just for me too. you have to like sit down and be like, okay, this is going to take a while. Like, what am I good at? Like, I don't even know what I'm good at. What do I love to do? I don't know. It's easier to figure out what I don't love to do. So it takes some time and I haven't, I haven't done it. So I don't be hypocritical and say you should do it. But the general idea is that you will find what is likely to be your purpose and give you your life joy if you figure out what this ikigai is. And Another thing with this though, as well, is that everyone has a purpose regardless of what it is. Every person could fill this out and they could find their ikigai. It doesn't have to be something crazy like becoming president or I don't know, building an empire like Julius Caesar. Um, It can be something much, much quote unquote smaller than that. It doesn't have to be huge. Everyone theoretically has an ikigai and has a purpose. So I'm going to take a direct quote from the book as well right now. So They said, quote, over the years, it has been described using many different words and practices, but always hearkening back to the central core of meaningfulness in life, meaning that just you living is meaningful. Like the fact that you're alive is you have a purpose because you're alive. 
And that's part of Ikigai as well, is that whatever it is, there's a purpose for it. You don't have to dream up this big thing. You of course can. And if that's your purpose, awesome. But it's a more flowing way, I guess, to think of it. I I didn't want to say passive because I don't necessarily think it's passive. I think it's more like a flow situation to think of it. But because of that belief in Ikigai and just a general healthy lifestyle and physical activity, the Okinawans remain active later into life because they believe if your Ikigai is your job, then there's no reason to retire, which my husband often says when we kind of bring up retirement randomly, he like loves his profession and works. He worked specifically to get there with that in mind and it didn't fail his expectation. He loves what he does and he loves the mission and he doesn't have huge goals of retiring because like, why would he? And plus he gets paid more after a certain age because they want to keep them there. So he'll actually make more money after he's retireable age because they don't want them to retire. So of course we still have plans for retirement. I don't want to be like, we're just living our best life. No, we have like, he has like a retirement plan and stuff. He's like, we're still financially responsible. But the point is that he seems to have found his guy, right? And I don't know exactly what that is. We haven't like sat down and been like, sweetie, what's your purpose in life? You know, or maybe we should, I don't know. But I don't think I have, or else I wouldn't personally be asking myself the questions that I mentioned earlier in this podcast. Um, like obviously don't do evil. And I feel like it's obvious to me anyways, don't do evil and hurt others and be good. But like, you know, what is the overall point is what I ask myself. So I don't know if I've essentially found it. So that's part of me sharing this with you in case it is helpful for you as well. Like me just taking on this idea, I think has been helpful for me lately, especially like I said, in the last episode is leaning into the roles that I value as mother and wife. But Anyways, back to the Okinawans. If they do retire, they remain active members of their community. What's important because they remain social and they continue to have purpose in their lives outside of them as well. So even when they do retire, if they find their ikigai through that, they still are involved. Now, like like I was saying, it's very rare that your ikigai is your profession. Like I know it wasn't mine when I worked in marketing. It was just a job that I got paid for. Like End of story. You know, most people seem to find their ikigai in their hobbies and leisure and interpersonal relationships like their friends and family. And maybe that's me, too, because which is why it helps me lean into those roles, like I was saying, Um, because I can see like even if I can't see my value, I can see the value I can do because my daughter's value, for example, in the world, it's a huge responsibility to have that to try to raise her. Right. I'm trying to raise a good citizen of the world and all that stuff. Right. And I know my husband is generally a good person with a good heart and he has like, he's doing something purposeful in the world with his work, you know? So like in my mind, I'm like, okay, I don't know what my personal thing is that I should be doing for me, but right now I can see how I can be valuable in my daughter life and helping her and be valuable in the world generally that way. And then for my husband as well. So it kind of like takes me outside of myself and like, I guess, I don't know if you want to call them selfish goals, Um, but I have found that helpful. Um, Anyways, Amanda, get over yourself. Continue. So I'm going to read a direct quote from the book that I really like. It is start quote. Our ikigai is different for all of us, but one thing we have in common is that we are all searching for meaning. When we spend our days feeling connected to what is meaningful to us, we live more fully. When we lose that connection, we feel despair. And that was again from Ikigai, The Japanese Secret to a Long and Healthy Life by Hector Garcia and Francesc Morales. The Okinawans also prioritize living in the moment, viewing past hardships as a necessary part of their journey to the here and now and what further leads to their Ikigai. I think that's also important to point out as well. 
Um, like I kind of said before, finding your purpose and motivation or ikigai can be overwhelming, can feel overwhelming at least. I know it is for me, like I said. Um, but where I, I don't know if I want to say solace, find solace, but where I find it valuable in what I didn't put the finger on that this, what this was until I was doing research about it for the last episode was that it's also about appreciating the small joys in your daily life. So making time for little moments of happiness in the day and integrating things that you enjoy into your daily routine, whether that's small or big. So, which is, I, like I said, what I find useful for me, especially like in last week's episode where I struggled in a depressive cycle of bipolar two and everything just kind of felt like bleh and nothing matters. Knowing that there's joy in small things and there's purpose in it, that is helpful. Finding your purpose, cool, right? But like, what's it got to do with the day-to-day actions you take, right? So for me personally, at least what I feel like the hustle gurus are what tend sometimes to make me feel even more poorly, especially when I'm in my depressive down cycle, because I feel like absolutely nothing towards a delicious pizza in front of me, like let alone some abstract goal I created that I'm chasing after that might be totally off course. Like, do you see what I mean? So that hustle and follow your dream stuff just kind of irritates me, especially when I'm in those cycles. And I just, I feel disconnected to it because all it seems to do, at least for me, is to reinforce that I don't and can't have what it takes because all I can do is find the positive energy for sometimes to interact with my daughter and husband and like washing and folding clothes to keep the house running. Okay. Like I'm not, I can't like hustle and sleep under my desk and do it. Like I can't find the energy. I barely can find the energy to fold my clothing. Right. It's like a whole mental prep. So that's one aspect of why I really like this concept because I actually felt pretty okay about this bare minimum, for example, that I was able to do until I go on social media and I see like an Instagram post or a Pinterest image quote, or like some YouTube guy hyping up the video. And he's like really excited talking to the camera about how like, you can't stop, won't stop that chase after it. Or like, you know, some skinny Fitzbo blonde woman telling me how she never stopped grinding. And if I just buy her course for like 99.97, I can make some passive income. So I can also lay on the beach, which I would never do because I'm very, very pale. And even like being out in the sun for like I don't, let's, I would say 10 minutes, except as I was saying it, I was like, mm, Amanda, that's, you're a little more sensitive than that. It's like literally like three seconds where I get anxious because I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to burn because I literally do burn within five minutes. So I wouldn't even lay on the beach if I got your course. So it's not even personally resonating with me. I don't know. I'm going to call her Miranda. Okay. So anyways, back to this fifth bone lady, even her perfect video or image of her on the beach with like her inspo quotes in my mind, she's like, there's no way that someone is like that happy or hype or grind all the time, right? Like she could have felt like total trash while taking that bikini pic and felt like an imposter writing that hashtag inspirational quote about hustling because she doesn't feel happy either. And she doesn't feel like it. Now, I don't want you to think I want her to feel that way because I don't, I'm not like sadistic. I don't know if that's the correct use of the word, but I'm like, I'm not like crazy and trying to have people feel unhappy. But my point is like, there's no way everyone's ha- like, they're happy all the time and they don't have like their own highs and lows, but like, she's not going to tell you that because that's not sexy. You're not going to buy her chorus. Right. Or maybe you will. Right. I don't know. But it's the same thing with the guy shouting in the camera. Like he might've had an absolutely terrible morning, but he's got content to make. So you got to get hype, dude, like chug your coffee and go like, I don't know, put your foundation on him that ring light, you got content to make. And so I'm not mad at this random woman or dude shouting into the camera about why I should be hustling and choosing positivity because like, I don't know, why should I be, you know, like, again, maybe I'm projecting, maybe they are super hype all the time and they love every second of their life, but I doubt it. Cause that's just not how humans 
work. Like we all have ups and downs. Some of us are a little more dramatic with their ups and downs and unpredictable like me and other maybe people who have those issues. But the point is, at least for me, when I see those posts of, you know, this woman being her amazing and boss babe hashtag vibes and it like the guy being like, you know, they Elon Musk slept under his desk. I'm like, dude, like, cool, I guess for Elon Musk, if that works for him. But I'm like, I don't my bedroom's right next door. I don't really need to be sleeping next to my desk or under my desk. Like in the very least, he couldn't have got it like a blow up mattress. Like, let's just calm the drama. You know what I mean? So in my mind, it helps me to sometimes think that maybe she didn't feel that quote she was posting in that moment. And that's why it maybe reads as an eye roll moment for me. Cause I'm just like, it doesn't even feel like, it just feels like, bleh, you know, maybe she felt she had to write that and post it because it's her brand or the, you know, the social media's algorithm is demanding it, you know, post every day, get interaction. So it helps me when I see those posts and kind of hear these messages to kind of picture that situation. Like I said, I don't want them to feel badly. That's not what I'm saying. I hope that doesn't come across as that, but it's just kind of like, there's no way that they're like that all the time because I don't post like, I just folded my laundry today. Good job. Like, you know what I mean? Like nobody posts that stuff. It's just the highlights. So I no longer feel as bad about myself and my lack of productivity when I'm in those types of moods, especially because I felt fine before I saw that post. So why should I make me feel differently after seeing it? You know, and I don't, I don't, it shouldn't. And it's, I don't want to like shit on myself or you. And it's okay if you do feel like in that moment, but like, I think helping it's helpful to think what I'm saying in the sense of like, maybe they didn't feel it either. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you've done stuff where it seems like you're happy about it, but you're not. You know what I mean? Like, if you're just picturing this person as a perfect life and it's perfect and happy all the time, like that just can't be true. And if you just remind yourself that it can't be true, then you can feel better because you feel less special and loserific in your ups and downs, you know? Circling back to the little joys. So before I saw that Fitzbo post or hype up hustle video, for example, I felt pretty good about the bare minimum I had mustered to do for my husband and daughter when I was struggling because I was able to turn it around. Like I said, because I was able to not do the chores begrudgingly. And instead I felt a sense of purpose for why I was doing them. You know, like I used to be annoyed that, um, and I don't want to sound like I'm like the, per- I, I'm not a housewife. Like, I don't know how to describe this in a way that's like, nobody's helping me. Like, I don't want people to hear this and be like, why don't you just ask your husband to do X, Y, and Z? Like the way we divide those chores is working, but there's like extra stuff that you don't go over. And like a lot of stuff defaults to like school activities default to me. And I do work from home. So it does make more sense. So anyways, I used to be annoyed that nobody else would do certain things in the house or help with school activities. But like I said, I realized that it, a lot of times it does make more sense for me to do them and they need to be done by somebody and it makes the most sense for me to do it, right? It doesn't make sense for somebody else to do it. It makes sense for me to do it because I have the time, I'm capable and sure, right? They have to get done. So if I want a happy and less stressed home, mostly, you know, less stress, it makes sense to understand the reason also why I'm doing these chores. Like, for example, like the dishes, like I used to be annoyed that like there are always dirty dishes and like, why are there so many? Why is my husband? Cause my husband does the cooking and I do like, um, we divided our chores. Anyways, he does the cooking and he like is very messy in the kitchen versus like when I cook, when I do my stuff, I clean up like as I'm cooking, like as things are like moving to different segments, I like put them in the sink. I like, I'm one of those people versus he's the person that just like everything's out. He goes from one thing to the next. And then there's just a big pile to clean up. It's the same amount of dishes just done in a different way. If that makes sense. 
so that's how he is. So then when I go to clean up, there's like a ridiculous amount that I'm like, Oh my God. So that's just what it is. If he's going to be cooking dinner. Right. So I just recently realized like, why am I getting irritated that there's always dirty dishes to clean them after dinner? Like it happens every single night. This is just how he cooks. It's just like half the people do it this way. Half the people do it the way I do it. Right. It's just facts. Right. And it doesn't make sense to try to change him. Cause that's just, it doesn't matter. So like, we just ate dinner. There'll obviously be some sort of mess to clean up, even with the dishes, even if he didn't make a mess in the kitchen. It doesn't make sense to get irritated about it. I just need to clean it and reset the kitchen for the next meal. And I don't have to do this with any negative feelings. And I can also feel good about that I'm cleaning at cleaning the dishes and it makes an easy foundation for tomorrow's meal when he gets home. So he has all the stuff that he needs. Like I'm the bigger purpose in that is I'm helping the household and my family have a lower stressed environment. And then I also get the, if you want to call it the, I feel a little sense of accomplishment when like I take the dirty dishes out of the sink, obviously, and clean them. And then I come like, you know, like when you step back and you see them on like the drying rack and like the whole sink's clean, like you're like, you know, hands like I did that. Like, cool. You can see progress. And I don't know, that's guy at work with the little stuff in life, basically. So I don't want you to think that I'm saying don't go after big goals, don't make goals. What I'm saying is that at least for me, this approach of Ikigai has helped me at least to be more accepting of the things that need done and looking at those things in a more purposeful way that I made a positive impact no matter how small on my life and others around me. And I feel like hustle culture has is super idealized and it's the complete opposite of this approach that allows people to live to hundred years old. You know, that's just, that's just the complete opposite. I feel like hustle culture only is basically saying you're valuable if you create value or build something. Right. But Ikigai is saying you're valuable as a person, period. You are more than what you can create, achieve, build all of that. You can do totally great things, but you're already valuable just being you. And for me, at least, I like that a little bit better. It takes the pressure off. And I'm not saying, again, you can't build amazing things, but knowing that you're valuable lessens the pressure and you can just breathe. You can have bad days. You can have good days. It just allows you more freedom. People show highlight reels on social media and over coffee meetings, literally anywhere that they interact with another human being. It's just posturing, you know, that's just human nature. It's what animals do as well, right? They don't want to look like a loser and admit they're struggling. They want to look like they have social status, right? So they have to appear that they're hustling and they have to appear that they're doing well all the time. And they can't overhype the fact that they wash their dishes. Like I washed my dishes today. Oh my gosh, Amanda, that's incredible. How'd you do it? Like no one's going to be hyped for washing dishes like that. You know what I mean? Because everyone's doing it. It's not like, it's just a matter of finding the value in that. So those highlight reels that people will show you though, they can make you feel trash about yourself in any number of ways. Just like I was describing before with like the hype guy shouting to the camera about hustling and nonstop and like the Fitzbo girl. Right. But if you had not seen them and you previously felt good about, for the example of washing the dishes, if you hadn't seen their reels, like you would have felt fine. Right. And so I'm not saying like you control the way you feel. Cause some like you do to an extent, but like you're allowed to feel feels, you know what I mean? Like you, you can have negative feels. It's okay. You don't have to like force yourself to be positive all the time. 
Like it's okay to feel that every now and then, but like overall, keep in mind that even the most glamorous success stories have these terrible down parts. And again, I don't wish these on people. It's just like not every, like they're not happy all the time. Like it's, it's just glamorized is what it is. And people show highlight reels, but we're all living our purpose if we're in this ikigai state and we find purpose in literally anything from like sweeping the floors to getting the mail to like saying hi to the mailman, like there's purpose in anything. Cause like you saying hi to them, they may have had a really bad day and you had a conversation with them and like it turned their whole day around. You don't know. So what you think is just a normal Tuesday could have really helped somebody. And I'm hopefully not being cheesy. It's just kind of like, I've, we're just, I'm like telling this to myself as well, but like we're more, than what we can create for other people and ourselves. Cause that's just kind of what society has been training us to think is that we're valuable if we create value. And that's true. We can create value, but that's not our only value, you know? So I'm telling you and myself to ignore those highlight reels and get back to just washing those dishes and being happy about it. You know, like he guy, babe, I have a challenge for you. So Picture a chore that you hate doing, you hate doing and ask yourself, what is the purpose of this chore? Does it need to be done? And does it need to be done by me? If it needs to be done and it most likely should be you because it maybe makes the most sense. Ask yourself how you feel about it. If you obviously hate it because you pictured it, like, why do you hate it? What about it? Right. My thinking is you maybe don't see the purpose of it or you haven't accepted it as a fact. Like for me with the dishes, like I just was for some reason fighting against like, oh my God, why can't he be less messy? And why are we making so many dishes? Like Amanda, if you want a nice-ish meal, you're going to have to use more than one frying pan. You're like, things are going to be cooking at multiple times. That's why there's like three different frying pans in the sink right now. Just accept that and wash them. So once you can accept it, you don't theoretically should have any real new, you should just have neutral feelings about it. Right. And then you can start to move over as being like, okay, with the dishes, the reason why these dishes are dirty and I have to clean them is because we had a nice meal. We chatted over dinner. It was nice. And I need to clean them so we can do the same thing again tomorrow. Otherwise it's going to lean on my husband to do, which means he's going to be slightly like a little bit more stressed when he comes home because then he can't just start. He has to like wash the dishes first. Then he needs help to dry them so he can get things moving. Dinner is going to be later. It's going to be slightly more stressed because anyways, you can see, hopefully what I'm saying is like, there's a purpose to me cleaning those dishes before he gets home. Does that make sense? And if you accept this as having a purpose, you just accept it. Number one is a fact that you have to do. And then you look into the purpose of that chore you can feel more positive about it and then think like, how can this make me and others around me feel good? And then while you're doing that chore, you don't even have, you don't have to be hype about it. Like you don't have to be like, oh my gosh, I'm cleaning the dishes. Like, no, I'm not ever hype about cleaning the dishes. I just kind of do it. You just kind of do the motion, right? You just start washing the dishes, but like you can do, you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to music. Like my daughter will sometimes sit down at the little kitchen island and she'll talk to me and you know, like you can still do stuff and feel good and find some type of fun or joy in that because you found the purpose and you're no longer fighting it as a fact. Thank you so much for having me in your ears for another episode of Bare Minimum Babe. Hopefully this had some value for you. I know at least me writing this out and talking to my mic and to your ears did for me. And my general point is hopefully that you're getting is it's okay not to have the motivation or energy to do what you feel like you should quote unquote be doing. Sometimes the bare minimum that you can muster is 
cleaning the dishes and I don't know, being present for your child or your spouse, or your friend, whatever that is for you. And that's okay. You can feel at peace knowing that's important as well, because it's all important if you take into account the principles of Ikigai and you want to believe that. Um, so if you were interested in that, I encourage you to look at the book or at least do some extra research. And I know at least for me, it was helpful just to think that like everything has a purpose and just running through that exercise and challenge that I gave you, um, just now. So hope you found that as well. So please subscribe and stay tuned for next week's episode because I'm going to be having a special Thanksgiving episode on gratitude and how I personally feel like we're being overly force fed to feel grateful all the time. And I feel like uh, gratitude journals are really annoying. I don't know about you, anybody. I don't know. I guess we'll see. And I do realize Thanksgiving won't be over at that point. I kind of lost track of time because um, I started writing this episode and recording it. And I was like, oh, crap, Thanksgiving's next week. Oh, well, it'll be after Thanksgiving. So maybe I'll have some reflections after Thanksgiving. So stay tuned for that. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend you think could also be enjoyable or even helpful too. As always, much love, my dear, and stay tuned for next Tuesday's episode. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.